and welcome to the Hearth and Hedge podcast, Merry Meet. My name is Amberly, And I am Margot, and we are very happy to have you today. So we have a special guest with us today. Uh, she is a psychic medium and spiritual teacher. You can find her on her website, divinityexperiencing.com, where she offers psychic medium readings, divine soul guidance and coaching, as well as intuition development courses. You can also find her on her Instagram at divinityexperiencing, on her own podcast called Divinity Experiencing, where her aim is to assist in the expansion of the collective consciousness and help you become more connected with the divine. She also has a Divinity Experiencing YouTube channel where you can find videos on collective card readings, among other things. Please welcome our wonderful guest, Brittany D. Oh, thank you guys so much (laughs) for having me. Uh, Brittany, would you be so kind as to tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe how you got started on your current journey? Yeah. So, I mean, of course, right, the story goes all the way back to childhood, right? It's like, I feel mm-hmm. like we all are just kind of birthed into this life <laughs> in a in a relative consciousness being on this path. But um, I would say that my, when I was seven years old, that's whenever um, I went through, I guess you could say like my first spiritual awakening, um, whenever I started connecting to beings on the other side, you know, talking, it was mainly to my father at the time, um, but he really helped kind of show me the way and how to navigate, you know, these sensitivities that I was experiencing. And then for most of my high school, I kind of dulled it down. (laughs) And then um, whenever I was 19 years old, I sold all of my belongings. Once again, spiritual awakening went through this whole epiphany where I was like, I need to let go of all material things. I need to let go of this life that I'm living that's not really me. And I got dropped off in the woods with my partner at the time and our dog and we had no direction. All we had was what was in our backpacks on our back. And we just wow. kind of took off into the world. And I traveled for five years after that. Um, it, I would say is overall was very successful, but very challenging at times. And then whenever I was uh, leaving that relationship, I was turning 25. And for some reason, like that number, I don't know, there was some weird like, oh, I'm like a quarter of my life. And I still don't have my person and my baby and my house and you know, the things that I want. And so um, there was just this deep self discovery kind of once again, awakening, um, going within really figuring out what I really wanted, you know? Um, and then I went through my Kundalini awakening where my third eye just completely blasted open and everything between me and the other side was no longer like it was before it was kind of this like fuzzy haze where I could like tap Mm -hmm. into it. And then like the Kundalini awakening was like a spiritual awakening on crack like it was on like a whole nother <laughs> level and every like it was like it all became blended it was no longer like me and then this other side and this veil in between it was just all became one world and so the night of my awakening my kundalini awakening when my third eye just completely blasted open spirit told me that I was going to be doing this work like I was going to be doing this in as my sole purpose and that was really intimidating at the time because I'm like, yeah. I, I'm like, what? You want me to like yeah. help the world heal and like show all these people like about all this stuff that I've been doing, you know, working with the other side. And so, um, but then I, I took it on, you know, I, I went for it and 
I found a mentor, I took classes, I did all different kinds of stuff and ended up developing my business. And now I've been doing that for over three years now. And it's an absolute blessing. Like the fact that not only did I find my purpose in this lifetime, but now I'm actually able to serve it and do do that all the time is unimaginably like a blessing because most people just finding your purpose, just finding yourself that deeply is a huge accomplishment in your lifetime. And to be living it out on top of that and helping other people activate and connect with spirit in the most powerful way, which ultimately is connecting with yourself too, right? (laughs) Um, Is just, it's just beyond a gift. It's unreal. Um, sometimes I get like ungrateful and then I'm like, wait, let's, let's reel it in real quick. What are we really doing? Cause life's yeah. pretty magical. <laughs> That's yeah. That makes a lot of sense. That's amazing though. That sounds incredibly fulfilling. Yeah. It's, it's unreal. Honestly, sometimes when I reflect on, I mean, it's a lot of hard work. Don't get it twisted you right. know, on entrepreneurship and, and, and also serving, you know, in a, in a, such a deep way, like you're hitting people at the core of their being. And sometimes that goes really well. And sometimes that does not go so well, even if they're welcoming it and inviting it and coming to you for assistance, sometimes you hit something that because you're working with the absolute like epitome of who they are, their life force energy, you know, their spirit. And sometimes it hits things that makes them really uncomfortable. And then you become the bad guy. And, it, you know, it's like, it, it, can be challenging, but also that's so rare. You know what I mean? That happens most of the time. People are so ready and so ready to absorb this expansion that you may hit that, but then they're very willing to be like, okay, we just hit something. We need to work through this, you know? Right. So keep going. yeah, exactly. Keep going, keep um, transcending and ascending. And so it's, it really is such a magical gift, but just like anything, it has, it has a balance. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Margo and I are always talking about how wouldn't it be nice if we could not do our day jobs anymore and yeah. and this could be our focus. That is the ultimate goal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it is. Live and your it's, passion. Yeah, it's it's a gift to be able to do it really. It really is. And and it's worth the hard work. Like it's it's really hard. I mean, whenever spirit like told me, so what happened was just to just to give a little background on how I how as far as stepping into your sole purpose full time. I was working, I was a photographer for nine years. That's what I did like before this. And I was, you know, managing this studio. I was the only one basically that could cover the owner, like the person that did everything. And, and for about like three months, spirit kept saying to me, and I had already opened my own office, like my psychic mediumship and my teachings and my classes and stuff was like, in the nighttime after class, like I was like nine to five and then my classes would start at like six or six 30 or my readings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had my own office and all da, 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 And I thought that this is just what I was going to do. And then for like three months, spirit kept saying like, you need to step into this. Like you need to take the leap. Like this is not a side gig, you know, it, you yeah. need to be doing this. And I was literally scared shitless. I was like that. How do I do that? Like, how do I, how do I pay my bills if I'm going to do this? It was very, yeah. very uncomfortable to make money to actually provide for myself off of my gifts and my purpose. And then I go into work. <laughs> this is how spirit works. I go into work and my boss 
is like, hey, I need to have a conversation with you. And I'm like, okay. And we sit down and she tells me that she's giving me my two weeks because she's closing the studio. Wow. After 21 years of running this studio, she closes it out of nowhere. No one had any heads up at all that she was even like thinking about this. And I have two weeks left to work before I have to like completely jump ship and do what my purpose is full time. And wow. And I literally got in the car that night and I called my mom because I had been, me and my mom were super close and I'd been telling her about this because she's an entrepreneur. So I'm like, I'm like, how do I, if I was to do this, like if I was to jump ship, like I keep getting messages about this, like how would I do that? And you know what I mean? Like, so she knew the conversation had already been there for a few months now. And so I call her and I tell her I'm sitting in the car, still looking, I'm looking at the studio, sitting in the car and I'm telling my mom and I'm kind of freaking out, but also kind of excited. And she goes, God will do what you won't do for yourself, huh? <laughs> it, was just like, it was just this moment where we all knew that like, this was coming. It was going right. to come one way or another. Sucks that you made this poor lady shut down her whole studio. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, it was good for her anyways. It actually, yeah, the timing was absolutely epic for her. Um, so it really worked out, but it was just one of those things that I couldn't refuse. Like, something like that happens, you can't, you know what I mean? What am I going to go get another job somewhere? Like, why? So that can just fall apart too. Like, it's, right, right. I might as well just go, go for it. <laughs> and awesome. here I am three years later and it worked out. <laughs> Great. I love that. Very cool. So we always start our episodes with what are you drinking? What are you reading? So Margo, you want to tell us what you're drinking today? Uh, yeah. Uh, so I was feeling like I needed a little extra pep in my step and I was done drinking my morning coffee. So I'm, I'm working on this black tea with ginger and peach. Mm. It's called longevity tea. Uh, and it's really, really good. It's, it's yummy. And, uh, I'm feeling a little more awake thanks to it. It is by the Republic of tea. And this is not the first time that I've talked about one of their teas. They're not a sponsor or anything like that. I just really, really love them. <laughs> um, so that's me. Ginger peach longevity tea. Nice. Anything with ginger is like. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Doing all the good things inside my body. <laughs> How about you, Brittany? What are you drinking? So I have like my big water bottle because I always need endless water now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could never get enough water. And I actually am drinking coconut water too. <laughs> oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Super hydration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. What about you, Amberly? What are you drinking? I am drinking uh, water. Oh. <laughs> but I have uh, Mary Ruth's chlorophyll drops in it, mm. which actually just give it a nice little mint taste uh, with the added benefits of they make you less stinky. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Chlorophyll is supposed to be uh, a natural internal deodorant. Yeah. Mm. It also boosts energy and as a skincare, um, it helps with skincare and uh, a myriad of other things. But mm-hmm. um, yeah. I've heard about the energy thing before, for sure. But I didn't know about the natural deodorant. But good to yeah, know. <laughs> actually, I just uh, learned that and it really, really works. I haven't put on deodorant for like four days. Nice. And oh my I gosh. haven't needed it. <laughs> I need to get on that. 
Yes, seriously though, because <laughs> natural deodorants are so hard to find. Like one that yeah. really works, right? That doesn't have aluminum or something in it. Yeah. So it's like if you just nip it in the butt before you even need the deodorant, even yeah. better. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Can I mean, imagine? if I'm like outside working, like I'll put on deodorant, mm-hmm. but when I'm just at home in my, you know, at my desk, I haven't needed it, and I, I shower, you know, three or four times a week. I don't shower every day because yeah, my skin same. can't handle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's so, better for my hair too. I've, I've noticed. yeah. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's better for your hair. Conserve some water too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. My hair only gets washed twice a week, <laughs> but I wash my butt a little bit more. <laughs> Same. <laughs> we do rinse offs, but like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the full flood shower thing. Yeah. Yeah. Twice a week. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. Alrighty, Brittany. What are you reading? I'm actually reading uh, Ina May's Guide to Childbirth. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, I'm, and I'm actually, I'm trying not to shame myself because I've read like, mul- I started it at the very beginning of my pregnancy. And then I read like multiple books in between that were like needed for different things at that time, you know? Mm-hmm. And then once I was finished those, I was like, oh, I can pick this back up and finish it. And just this morning, I like put the bookmark in and I don't know why I did this to myself, but I looked about like how far I was through it and I'm right about halfway and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to finish this before birth. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, yeah, but you also put it down specifically because mm-hmm. we needed to read about like pregnancy and entrepreneurship and like yeah. how to prep for, you know, the different kinds of births and creating your birthing plan. And, you know, I was right. reading different books in between. There's a reason why we put this down, but I'm trying, hopefully maybe get it done in the next three weeks. We'll you see. can do it. Yeah. We'll and see. if not, don't beat yourself up. Yeah, about exactly. It. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty informed. I feel pretty good about it, but it is, it really does help for me to read that book. Ina May is, she's like the midwife of midwives. Like everyone <laughs> learns from her. So her book has been really, really, really super helpful. <clears throat> That's really cool. Amberly, are you reading anything uh, right now? I am. So I actually have been sitting on this book for a while. It's Kitchen Witchery by Laurel Woodward. It is a kitchen witchery book. And like all kitchen witchery books, it talks about correspondences, etc. But this one actually really goes into in depth about like the different types of flowers even. Hmm. And what, hmm. you know, like say wheat flour as opposed to uh, cassava flour. She talks more about not your basic stuff. Like she doesn't tell you what basil is because everybody mm-hmm. knows that. You know, but I literally have never even thought, oh, what are the correspondence for cassava flour? Well, guess what? She's got it in here. Oh, and, wow. um, so it's less yeah. of a beginner kitchen. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. a good step, step up. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. I mean, she talks about the different fruits and what they have, um, what they're for, and like grapes, grapefruit, honeydew melon, kiwi. I like that. Yeah, it's very cool. Um, and then she gives a little bit of a list of recipes, but most of it seems like it's correspondences, which is nice. Um, I don't get me wrong. I love a good recipe, but there's 150,000 kitchen witchery books that are just recipes, you know? Mm -hmm. Right. So. Right. And um, once you have that knowledge, you can craft those recipes on your own. Yeah. That's what I was just about to say. It's almost, it's better for me to like know it myself and then I can, I mean, the recipes always help, but whenever I can Mm -hmm. put it together myself and actually understand why am I putting this in here, you know, not just putting it in there. 
Um, you know, you know how you're supporting yourself. All of that has become so incredibly important through my pregnancy. Like I went from like intuitive eating, just kind of eating whatever I was feeling. And I mean, I generally ate health food. Like I liked how I feel whenever I eat good food, but literally pregnancy is like it's like you eat crappy stuff and like you feel horrible for like six hours it's not worth it (laughs) or you're puking like it's just so much more sensitive that Mm -hmm. all of that I'm actually really interested in um that book because I feel like a lot of my basics I kind of have now and I need something that a lot of it is just a a lot of books are repetition of the same stuff Mm -hmm. you know those basics so something that's a little bit more, um, the next step would be awesome. Yeah, it's a pretty great book. I'll, I'll send you the link to it. Cool. And as usual, all of our, um, everything we're talking about will be linked on our resources page. Yeah. Margo, what are you reading? Um, so kind of a similarity. I'm reading Plant Witchery by Juliet Diaz. Nice. It's actually one of my favorite reference books. I'm reading it today because uh, earlier on our Marco group, one of our uh, friends, um, Phoenix, actually asked, just asked the whole coven, does anybody know anything about honeysuckle? I just realized I have a ton of honeysuckle on my property. So I, I pulled out this book because it's actually my favorite as far as plant correspondences go. Um, this is my favorite that I have. And I have, you know, Scott Cunningham's Encyclopedia. I have the Herbiary by Maya Toll, but this is my absolute favorite. Um, So I pulled it out to share information on honeysuckle with Phoenix, but then I kind of started to think like along the lines of all the trees, plants and bushes that I have on my own property and decided, you know what, I'm just going to brush up and, you know, just pull them out and read them. I love this book. Like for every plant in here, she has the essential properties, the medicinal properties, magical properties, and then plant wisdom. And in the beginning, there's this really amazing plant meditation to help you really attune to and, you know, connect with the, the, you know, the spirit of a specific plant. It's an amazing reference book. So it's Plant Witchery, Discover the Sacred Language, Wisdom and Magic of 200 Plants by Juliette Diaz. And also, I haven't started it yet. I'm really excited, though. I am planning this weekend to make the trek down to visit Amberly over the weekend So I downloaded the Book of Magic, which is the final book in the Practical Magic series to keep me company, entertain me during my drive to visit Amberly. And I'm really excited about that, too, because I love that series so much. And I love Alice Hoffman. Um, So that's the reading going on in my life right now. (laughs) I'm so excited. And Margo, just really quickly, I found I went downtown earlier uh, yesterday and went into one of my favorite little shops that downstairs, like upstairs is this really cute little clothing boutique. Downstairs, it's a floral store. Oh, it's cute. And this weekend, they're going to have their full grand opening where you buy a flower, you get a glass of wine. What? We're going, And right? it's like a flower and wine pairing. Yes, we're absolutely going. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, well, that's happening. <laughs> I am so excited. <laughs> I know. Me too. So just needed to tell you that. <laughs> Very cool. All righty. Margo, you want to start us off on the questions for Miss Brittany? Okay. So this is kind of a long question. I hope you don't mind. <laughs> um, so back at Anahata's mini retreat, Amberly and I took your class, which was awesome. I loved mm-hmm. it. Uh, and you had us do an exercise called the billet reading. 
to help us tap into our psychic abilities by splitting up into groups, pulling names out of a hat and not looking at the names. Um, instead, we would just hold on to the paper with the person's name in it and silently tap into any assistance that we might be getting from our spirit guides for bits of information that could help us guess who the person's name was in our hand. And a bunch of us actually guessed correctly and had all these like spot on details, um, <laughs> you know, that they received. And it, it was kind of mind blowing. I, on the other hand, um, and I hope it's okay to share this information. I won't be naming any names, but just touching on the experience as it pertains to um, my trying and failing to guess my person. Um, I, on the other hand, kept getting a lot of what felt like irrelevant noise. And I came to find, you know, pretty much was and wasn't really able to guess my person. However, amidst all the random irrelevant details that were coming to me, one of the things that came was an image of a long piece of white lace that just kind of floated past my mind's eye. I wasn't able to guess my person in the end, but after I shared all the details that came to me, they said, you know, actually the lace does mean something. Uh, and it turns out that this person um, had someone in their life pass away fairly recently, but not before making them, I believe it was a lace shawl. And they had this lace shawl in a box that they had not opened, couldn't bring themselves to open it at all. And they just had not taken it out of the box yet whatsoever. And at that moment, I was just like, okay, wow. Um, so my question is, what would you say to someone who, I guess like me, is touching on some ability, but struggling to really grasp it and harness it fully? So I would say, <clears throat> which thank you for sharing that with me. It's always so incredible to hear about like, yeah, it's just mind blowing what we're capable right. of. <laughs> and it's like, we're walking around with this technology and it's just like right there, but it's just chilling in the background. Um, I would say like education. And then, like I said, I'm sure a gazillion times in class practice, <laughs> practice, 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 um, you know, now you know that exercise. So doing that with people as often as possible, um, the more I, I, I like to use the word people always laugh at me, but it's the truth. The more that you lubricate your channel, the more that you, you know, um, lube it up, honestly, and get it, get it fluid and get it flowing and make things smooth. And I mean, education definitely helps because how, you know, then there's the question of how do I do that other than practice, right. you know, outside of just practicing continuously, how do I do that? And you need to understand the different things that need to be, to be developed. But honestly, if you just spent one time a week sitting down with your girlfriends or whatever, and doing that practice, which takes maybe 15, 20 minutes mm -hmm. of your life, you know? you will make a significant shift in your whole reality with your intuition and with your channel. Um, because it's really ultimately, yes, educating yourself is important, but that's also mostly for the mind. That's mostly because we're in this human experience. So our mind and our egos need to understand what's happening. So that way we don't reject what we're experiencing or what we're receiving. Right. But really what it really, really boils down to is trusting yourself and trusting what you're receiving. So the more that you know yourself and can trust yourself and the more that you know, you know, the difference between this is the ego voice and this is the intuition mm -hmm. voice, then the more you can trust that, 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 that into intuitive voice. And that's, you know, like I said, in the, um, 
in the class, that's what the intuition development course is that I do is like, it's a combination of both because both of those things are super important to have is the education and the practice, but just, you know, in your own time, you know, even if you just go and pick up, you know, someone else's like your friend, you know, a friend's item or something and try and gain some information from that or whatever it may be, just trying to tap in to your channel, trying to get really quiet and listen to those voices the more that you get to know those voices and the more that you practice, I'm going to say practice, 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 the more right. that you practice, um, the more that you'll trust it and you'll know, like, no, this isn't just, you know, this isn't just my mind. This isn't just stuff I'm making up. This is coming from something that's higher and bigger. You feel the difference in the vibration, okay. but it, you have to get to know what those vibrations are, which is why the practice is so important. Absolutely. Right. And I guess that can be applied to all things, education and practice. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I, I felt very similar, uh, Margo, when I did the billet, uh, the billet exercise, I was like, words, yeah, words are hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I felt like everything was just nonsense. Um, it turned out not all of it was, most of it was nonsense. <laughs> Uh, but I think the one thing that the person that I ended up having did feel a connection with was like a spray of purple flowers. And she had said something about, I think their son, or I probably should remember. And I'm sorry that I do not. Hopefully if she's listening, she's not mad at me. <laughs> but that was such an interesting uh, experience. And I would love to sit down and do another. Yeah. That would add that to the list of things we're going to do this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That'd be fun. Seriously though. And and I think like you were saying with the herbal, you know, that evidence basically that you brought forward is that it, it feel, it's all about the feeling in the vibration. Mm -hmm. It feels different. The other things that you were saying, she's probably like, mm, yeah, maybe. And then she mm -hmm. heard that and it's like, yes, mm -hmm. There is a yes in your system and you're like, that is resonant. I don't even, sometimes you don't even know why you're like, I don't know, but that hit right. me. That, that is relevant. I don't, I don't even, don't even know, don't even understand why, but I feel that. And it's, it's because we're working it with the extended vibrational universe that we are a part of. So it's all vibration and feeling that you're navigating. And that's why it's so important to know one, be responsible for your own being and your own feelings and your, that what you do think, say, and be. And so that way, you know, where, where do I begin mm -hmm. and end when you know yourself and you know what you, where you begin and end, then you know very clearly that these feelings are different from that, but you have to know yourself and your, it, it's, you know, developing your channel is really, it is a, a deepening of knowing yourself and knowing your own being, but it's also a deepening of knowing what's beyond you. And in order to know the difference between the two, you have to really know where do I begin and end? And then where does this begin and end, you know, in order to be able to decipher the difference. Right. So really tuning into your feelings and knowing like, okay, no, that hit me differently. I don't know why. Or sometimes like you said, with the, with the lace, she knew immediately. She was like, Oh, I know that that's, you know, this past loved one, that there's this lace shawl thing she knew immediately, but it's a feeling that you get. Sometimes the details, you don't know why, but you just know that it mm -hmm. hit you. So you mm -hmm. know that this is relevant somehow. Yeah. 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 I yeah, definitely, I remember. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. 
<laughs> I was going to say, my when I they were guessing me, it was like a visceral uh, mm-hmm. reaction. I was like, oh my god! I actually just started to cry, and it wasn't even it wasn't oh. anything sad or or you know that anything that should have been upsetting. But I just started. I was like, oh. <laughs> It's just powerful. Yeah. It's so powerful to experience. Yeah. It really is. It's like this infinite, like, yeah, it's it's so powerful tapping in your channel because you have access to so much more yeah. than just what is here. It's like this infinite knowledge, this infinite mm-hmm. wisdom. It's just so beyond. And that's powerful to connect right, with. Yeah. So that really makes me so happy, too, that it brought you to tears. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to say, Margo? Um, I was just going to say that it definitely felt like I was grasping in the dark for things Mm -hmm. and I was coming up with details, but the lace is something that came to me. It wasn't something that I Mm. dug out, you know, it was something that just came and I was like, oh, I see that. (laughs) I see you floating by. Thank you for saying (laughs) that. Yeah. That's a really good point because you know, especially as someone that is hired to sit down with someone and they're like, okay, pull me some stuff. I need information, you know, like immediately you would think that what I'm doing is pulling from the darkness, Mm -hmm. but really what I'm actually doing is doing everything in my power to step aside, get Brittany out of the way and just let whatever, Mm -hmm. like you said, flow through, come through that's supposed to come through. Um, Because you know, and I, I talk about this in my classes is whenever, whenever the ego has desire, whenever we want those details and we're doing that reaching and that grabbing, like you said, in the Mm -hmm. darkness, most of the time it's not, it's coming from your own ego. It's not coming from Mm -hmm. spirit. It's coming from self. It's, it's a self driven desire. It's a, it's a trying to fill something instead of I am no longer relevant. I step aside. I'm here to be of service spirit. Use me as this channel, as this vehicle, as this vessel for whatever is meant to come through. And then, like you said, the lace just comes by and it just, it comes through and you know that, you know, that it's relevant because it's not something that you were seeking, pulling or pushing Mm -hmm. for. Just like life, right. right? Like whenever we're like trying to grab like the the the, the grip of the, the tight grip of the ego, we'll actually push it right. away. It'll it'll make it more more challenging to access whatever you're trying to do. So it's the same thing, just in just in a different Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. So um also in the chorus of Anahata's purpose, you talked about how everyone has their own spirit team. Can you speak a little bit about spirit teams and how they're made up and who's on them? Yeah. So um, I don't have it all memorized. Who's on where (laughs) it's like, who's on what base, (laughs) (laughs) but I, but I can, I can definitely tell you that you have eight guides and there's three different teams and then you have your master teacher. So basically what your spirit guides duty is, is um, there's like this, hierarchy i know that that like kind of stinks that that's the reality but there's just general kind of hierarchy of uh, the ascension process and so basically your spirit guides have mastered themselves to a point where they can guide Mm -hmm. you they can guide someone that's in the earth experience but they're not yet unascended or ascended masters yet they haven't mastered all of their human beingness them guiding you actually helps them master their human beingness and their ascension process. So 
when you cycle through your lifetimes over and over and over again, you know, as you get towards the end of your earth cycles, usually you end up kind of being a guide on earth. And then, and that's kind of getting you prepared to be a spirit guide, not on earth. Mm -hmm. You, you start guiding and you start advising and you start, you know, helping people like coaching or whatever word you want to call it through this life. Um, and then it may be your next life cycle, maybe the one after that or the one after that. But if, you know, soon these people usually are guides in life. And then soon they will have the option to either return to do their life cycle, do another birth and death life cycle or to become a spirit guide. And so once they become a spirit guide, it's in a sense kind of leveling up um, on their ascension path. But they are just like you have your life purpose. They are completely designated to you. You are their life purpose. Your success in this lifetime is their life purpose. Um, they do not. They are around the clock. Kind of like, you know, like a mother, like once a mother has a child, like you can't ever turn it off. Like you don't ever just like, oh, I'm going to tap out and like not care about my child right mm -hmm. now. Like that's that's not possible. And it's the same thing with your spirit guides. It's not possible for them to, even if they step back because another spirit guide or someone else is actually who needs to be guiding you through that, that being doesn't ever turn you off. Like it doesn't, what you are doing in this lifetime is always relevant to them until you move until death. And then they kind of have what, you know, people mediums say is like a review afterwards. Mm -hmm. How many of your soul contracts did you complete? How much, what did you get done in this birth and death life cycle? How do you feel about becoming a spirit guide or do you want to go back and do another cycle? Um, so basically the, the reason why there's teams and your, um, you know, your, your master teacher is because each of these guides have different duties. So they have um, like, let's say your protection guide or your joy guide, they are responsible for different things in your life. So that way they know within their own, you know, kind of organization that if you're walking through this, then that's going to be your joy guides times to step up and to be guiding you and to be on the primary. Now the rest of your spirit guide team is going to be right there supporting, but they're going to be kind of primary um, guiding you and, and showing you the way where if, you know, you're walking through something else that may require you protecting yourself or releasing something that you need to, in order to um, protect yourself and protect your heart or whatever it may be, then your protection guide is going to step up and be at the forefront while the rest of the team is still there, still very relevant and participating, but they all have different jobs. So that way everything is covered basically. Mm -hmm. And then of course, you know, you have your unascended masters, your ascended masters, spirit, like the power of all, of all things constantly supporting mm -hmm. you like these there's all these there's angels there's all these other beings um angelic guides that are also supporting you but the difference between all of them and your spirit guide team is that your spirit guide team is designated to you right. where like spirit is yes designated to you because there's no like there's no separation um, and same thing with like your angel. I mean, ultimately it's all one, but like your angels or ascended masters, they are definitely supporting you in different ways, but they're not assigned to you. It's not their job for you to be successful and for you to ascend in the way that you intention, you know, your intention was in this 
birth and death cycle. So your spirit guides are very personal, um, even if you don't know them at all, even if you never met them. You know, a lot of people think like, oh, well, it must be my grandmother or something, <laughs> you know, somebody that they have known. You may not have never met them on earth. They may not have that level of experience and relationship. They could be just your spirit guide in this lifetime and that's it. And then like the next lifetime, you might be, you might not even be working with them again. That's why I always say that it's so important to get to know them because they're so relevant in your life. They're playing such a big role. They're guiding you. They're pulling different divine timing and synchronicities. Like those are the beings you want to have a conversation with and you want to get to know because they're conducting a lot of what's going on in your reality (laughs) outside of your own free will. You know, they're the balance um, to your free will, that which pulls you and that which guides you through your intuition they're the ones doing that for the most part. Right. Wow. <laughs> yeah. You actually answered my, my next question. So Marga, you do you have one? <laughs> so do you have any really fun, intense, or like jaw dropping stories about your psychic work or experiences with mediumship that you might like to share with us? Um, for some reason, the first one that pops in my head, I always, so one of the things that helps me be a really clear channel is that I always clear myself and I usually do it like immediately after, or otherwise I forget. And then there's lingering energy and then getting messages from you in the middle of the night, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> not from you, but for right. you, you know? <laughs> and so a lot of the stuff I honestly don't remember unless a client comes back to me and is like, yo, this was so powerful, Uh, you know, then I'm like, oh yeah, that happened. (laughs) But I think this one sticks out to me because it was when I was just probably, I had just gotten my office in July for the, you know, this is my first office um, in July and this was in November. And I just remember in that moment, really super trusting myself. And this was like one of the first times where, I didn't back down and say like, oh, I must be wrong because it's not resonating with them right now. You know, and And I just was like, no, like I'm telling you this is going to happen. So, and it was a psychic um, prediction and she had came to me about her partner at the time. They were having problems and she said that, um, you know, basically like, do I, am I supposed to stay in this? Am I not supposed to see it? And, and they weren't unfortunately giving her any information relevant to that, mm-hmm. but they were giving her like such a clear, like they told me, they were like, you know, your girlfriend's going to go on tour. She's going to be in Kansas. The drummer in her band is going to um, like create some kind of commotion or something of some sort. Um, and it's going to create this like thing where your girlfriend feels like she either has to choose the band or choose you and like all of this stuff. And it was like, so, I mean, so detailed and that's why I trust it. Cause it was so right. detailed and it was so clear that I was like, no, this isn't really coming in hazy. Like this is pretty, <laughs> this is pretty strong. And she, it's not that she walked away disappointed, but she just kind of walked away like, I'm still confused. Still right. don't know if I should stay in this relationship or not. Like you told me about this weird Kansas event. They would never tour in Kansas. You know, like it was, it seemed all so irrelevant. And then that April I got a, an email from her and she was like, 
Brittany, I don't even know what to say. <laughs> she was like, for some reason, the band wasn't even planning to hit Kansas. Somehow, you know, they had like a few days in between shows or something and it worked out that they like, it was all just like this alignment kind of a mm -hmm. thing where they ended up at this like kind of grungy bar thing in Kansas. Mm -hmm. She said the drummer had a freak out that night, basically told my partner that she either had to um, like, she either needed to choose the band or she, she was like literally described everything. Wow. I mean, every single detail that I had said and she was like, I need to come in for another reading. Like, I didn't come back because I was like, what did this woman just say to me? You know, like, it didn't make sense. She was like, but I need to cut. Like, when is your next availability? Because you're so on point. I'm taken back right now. And they were also moving through that situation at the time. So she was like, you know, I don't want her to feel like she's having to pick between me and the band. Like, how? what's the next guidance on this kind of a thing? And for me, it was like, so it, it's, it stands out to me when I look at my journey of all the readings, you know, the hundreds right. of readings that I've done over the last three years, it really stands out to me because I remember in that moment, my ego freaking out and being like, this woman is looking at you like you're crazy. You're not giving her what she just came and paid for. You know what I mean? Like it was like all this ego talk of like, you're just, it's such a shame. Like it's, you're just, you're, you're basically like failing right now, you know, and I had to trust my soul and what my intuition was saying so hard. I had to override and keep overriding every time it would say something. I had to be like, no, I'm listening to this. Like, I need you to step aside. That's not what we're doing right now. We're not shaming my channel. I feel this, this is strong. There's something here, you know? And whenever I received that email, I just remember being in tears and being like, yes, like, thank yeah. you. One for telling me, because all the time, like, I mean, I'll run into someone like a year later and they're like, oh, yeah, that like whole thing that you said, like totally came and happened. And, and I'm like, well, that would have been nice to know because you were looking at me like I was crazy when we were in <laughs> So I love whenever people come back with the confirmations that I'm not a crazy person, yeah. you know. Um, but that just really stood out to me because I think it was mostly, it wasn't even exactly the details or the situation. It was more of the inner battle that I was going through in that moment. And like, just hardcore being like, no, I trust you spirit. I know that this is relevant and this is going to be important. And that's what I'm here for is to, to bring forward what's important, not what she just wants to hear right now. Cause my ego could have been like, Oh, well, if they're treating you like this, then you need to do like, I could have totally stepped in and told her what to do with her relationship just from a higher perspective, higher guidance, you know, kind of coaching, uh, you know, mentality, right. but I didn't every time that voice tried to step in, I was like, no, it's not about giving them what they want. It's about giving them what they need. It's about giving them what spirit is telling them is relevant right now, even if they don't understand it. And so, um, and it ended up becoming, you know, the, the, that whole situation became their breaking apart and they went their separate ways. Um, and she actually ended up finding the person that she was truly meant to be with and they're still together now and happy as you know as all can be oh, that's and great so it really was the answer to her question but in this weird roundabout way you know so you really and that's why i said like you just have to trust yourself even whenever i mean whenever someone pays you like a hundred dollars for like 30 <laughs> minutes and they're like really this is all you have for me <laughs> it's like 
like, oh, so hard to trust myself right now. But I'm telling you, this is what they're saying. <laughs> but I mean, it's it's hard. It can yeah. be really, really challenging. Um, but it's important to to not have, you know, like wanting that that ego satisfaction of they walk away and they're happy. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way. Sometimes they walk away confused as hell and they might leave you a bad review about it and then apologize for it six months later. Yeah. You know, <laughs> That's really cool though. Mm, that yeah. I love that story. <laughs> yeah. That's a great story. Thank you. <laughs> um, to be honest, you actually just by talking answered all of my questions. So I don't have any more. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I feel like you've touched on this already, but I guess it's still worth asking. How do you think working to increase your ability as a psychic medium or strengthening your intuition and your connection with the divine, um, could help witches both experienced or like newly starting out with their practice? So if you don't mind, cause I don't super identify with right. witch. Mm-hmm. Like I do because I know that it's the vibe. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't, it's not that I have any resistance towards it, but I don't like, I don't have a coven and yeah. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't practice with, you know, witchcraft necessarily or spells or anything along those lines. So maybe elaborate a little bit more what you mean. And then it, it'll be easier for me to answer. I just want to make sure I'm answering. Okay. Properly. So I feel like, with witchcraft in general, um, a lot of it, even if we don't realize it from the beginning of our practice, is spirit-based. Like, mm-hmm. and especially coming from an animistic point of view, everything has a spirit, you know? So I feel like the best way to really master your craft is to start connecting with the spirits that are always around you all the time, even if it's like the plants that we're working with, um, you know, rather than treating them just like ingredients, um, is it's, it's, it's more about connecting with their, their spirit and then gaining that insight and then working with them to co-create magic in that sense. Mm -hmm. So that can be difficult for, I think, which is just starting out not only wrapping their brain around the concept, but learning how to tap into those energies. Would you say that in that case, like your connection to the divine and and building up your intuition um, is kind of one of the most important things you can do in order, you know, in order for your practice to develop on that, on a certain level? Yeah, I would say, honestly, what you just described to me is the same as psychic mediumship. Mm -hmm. And that's probably why, I have such resonance with witches and witchcraft. I just don't necessarily carry that label, Mm -hmm. I guess you could say, but to me, it's the same exact thing. And it's, and it goes back to that, like, you know, knowing what is me and what's this other spirit and what's this other being Mm -hmm. and working with those and trusting if this plant is speaking to me in this way or saying that this is what their medicine is, or or even this, what their medicine is in this moment, Maybe it's not whatever, what it's, what it usually is, you know, being able to trust that that is all intuition. That is all your channel. That is all you trusting um, your spirit and what your soul is saying. So to me, they almost sound like the same. Mm -hmm. They almost sound like really super intertwined. 
I guess I have always associated um, witchcraft more with spells. And I've always kind of had this hesitation, um, which I know is just like probably the propaganda, you know, movies, you know, yeah. crap that, that happens to our brains as children. <laughs> but I've always had such hesitation around like, um, spells or hexing or those kinds of things because I so deeply honor um, people's free will right. that I don't want to um, cross any boundaries or like tap into someone's energy field without their permission or anything mm -hmm. along those lines. I'm very, very boundary oriented um, just as a being, even in this life, even in my human experience on top of, you know, what I experience Ash like in the um, astral or etherically, I'm, I'm very boundary oriented. So like, I just recently had someone call um, that was wanting to set up an appointment and they were like, I just, someone is, is trying to hex me or something. And we, I just need you to help me block it. And this, this, and that. And I was like, Oh, this yeah. is not, this is not my realm. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what this is, but this isn't what I, you know, this isn't the work that I do. Right. Um, and I don't even know really who to refer you to. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's to me, it sounds pretty much the same. Um, and your intuition is going to be the key in order to understand, you know, the, the different spirits that you are working with, whether they're plants, beings, you know, on the other side, angels, whatever right. it is, your intuition is where that knowing and understanding is going to come from. So I feel like honestly, to be totally real, and I know that this is just my sole purpose. So like, obviously I feel this way, but I truly feel like intuition is everything. Mm -hmm. Like intuition is at the basis of everything in your reality. How, you know, should I drink some water mm -hmm. right now? Like, should I, you know, go to this uh, concert? Uh, should I stay in this relationship? Should I, all the questions that you're ever, um, oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, scared the uh, shit out of me. That's Don't actually my gratitude alarm. <laughs> gratitude um, alarm. I love that. <laughs> yeah, I have like three a day. Um, but uh, I just think that to me, and I know I, I really try and take it in consideration that like, I'm like, Brittany, this is obviously like the way that you view the world. Like not everyone sees the world this way, but I really believe that intuition is at the basis of mm -hmm. all of our, of our like life force uh. of all of us being able to function at our most optimal and primal um, state of being. It's kind of like instincts, yes. you know, it's, it's your intuition. And so in order to opt, you know, optimize that you develop it and you trust it and you lean into it and you have a relationship mm -hmm. with it. And it will make a lot of things in life yeah. a lot easier in my opinion. I have to say that I agree with you. Absolutely. <laughs> and I'll, I'll say things to my friends all the time. Like, you know, if a girlfriend is like, oh, I don't know, it's so weird. I just felt like I wasn't supposed to be there. I'm like, girl, those are your instincts and you are supposed instincts. to listen to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. We, we, a lot of people could could take a few lessons in learning to listen to those instincts that cause they're always there. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, unfortunately, yeah. a lot of them, a lot of us lose our connection to them, you know, as we grow up. Yeah. Well, we're taught to disconnect from that part of ourselves, because like we were saying at the very beginning of the podcast, 
it's incredibly powerful. It is so powerful. And the powers that be that do run this world do not want you to know how incredibly powerful you are. Mm -hmm. Don't want you to know that you have access to infinite knowledge Mm -hmm. at any time. (laughs) Like you can get all of the answers that you could ever possibly need for you or for someone else. So they got to dim that light. So that way they Mm -hmm. stay in power, you know? Um, So it's just kind of, it, it, we are taught and programmed to tune it down and you have to make an intention in this lifetime to turn it back up, but it's always there. You can't erase it, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. It's funny because that's actually what we as witches are taught as well is that we've been, we've been taught to, to turn it off and, and mm-hmm. now we want to reclaim that. Actually, um, the Holy Wild might be a book that you might be interested in reading by Daniel Dolosky. Is that is that it? Daniel Dolsky. Yeah, I believe that is correct. Daniel Dolsky. Dolsky. Yeah. Um, just it kind of speaks to that sort of wavelength. Uh, yeah. Um, I, I had more. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> they went, uh, so I have one last question for you. Okay. Will you be at Anahata's Purpose in September? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes honestly only if everything works out right with Understood. that's you Absolutely. know i'm gonna have the i'm gonna literally have like a newborn mm-hmm. yeah still a newborn at that time yeah. um but i have a, a friend of mine who is going to anahata's or we've kind of been going back and forth because she's been you know she's like maybe my partner will come and he'll help me you mm-hmm. know what i mean but her her daughter is I mean, I think she had her like four four months ago, so she'll be more like seven months, where we'll be more like three months. And so then uh, a, a friend of ours, I was talking to a friend of ours about like, I don't know, it just depends on the baby. And then my friend Lauren was talking to the same girl and was like, I don't know, we'll see with the baby. And she was like, you guys should talk because maybe you guys can like team up on the baby thing. And so we were like, you know, basically if I go, then we'll just have our own little campsite mm-hmm. away where we can kind of take turns and our partners can be there and help oh, and yeah. take turns. So I think that, I think it would be really, I want, I plan on being there. The plan is to Great. be there. Um, but I have to surrender, right. you yeah. know, if something happens. Um, but yeah, I plan on being there, doing my workshop. Um, and I think too, like part, part of, you know, being a mom I'm sure that you've experienced this is like, there's like this mom guilt of like, Oh, I don't want to put my baby through that or Mm -hmm. whatever it is because I want to go do this thing. But it's like, no, I'm still relevant. Mm -hmm. I still, if this is still important to me and it really supports me and my growth as a human being that I need to do what for me as well in order to support my daughter. Absolutely. So, absolutely um, right. And, yeah. And so I, I think that of all of all the things, it, as long as those first few months go well, then I will feel comfortable being like, nope, okay, it's mommy's time <laughs> to, yeah. to have her turn. You know, I'm going to have my weekend. Mm-hmm. So I definitely, I plan on being there and I really hope and pray to be able to be there, but um, we'll just have to see how she does. Yeah. You know, it also depends on how, how, you know, birth yeah. goes and all those kinds of things. So We'll see, but that is definitely. Well, I want to say I wish you the absolute best of luck, all the good things, and congratulations in advance. Yes. It's very you. exciting. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's transformational. Yeah, it absolutely sure. is. Your life will change, and it will never ever be the same. But 
Yeah. Like I'm actually getting goosebumps and I might cry a little bit. <laughs> um, mm. It's really um, an amazing journey. Mm-hmm. So congratulations. It already has been. It's I'm like, dude, you're not even like out of the <laughs> I'm already like, <laughs> like so much expansion. I mean, that's part of the reason I always told people um, whenever, you know, prior to getting pregnant that like, I was like, I think I want to be a mom for like selfish reasons. Like I really want the expansion. It's not even, <laughs> it's not even that I want to do the kid thing. I just really know that this is a super spiritual and expansive experience. <laughs> and so I want to have it. I always, so always used to make this joke about how selfish I am. So I want to be a mom, but it really is. I mean, now obviously like I'm, it's all about her, but I think too, like, the, the level of consciousness that I'm in going into motherhood is really um, allowing for so, so much expansion and so much of like undoing the old way, even mm-hmm. as simple as, you know, I'm here too. I get to take, yeah. we get to take care of me yeah. too. You know, even that is like, that was like a whole paradigm that I had to move through that came with the mother label that I had to like, totally transcend that was just energy from so many generations that I immediately took on and had to work through through my pregnancy and and I have several moms are like girl that is awesome that you're already there before the baby even comes out (laughs) like that you already get that before the baby's here like that's fantastic that you understand that you have to come Mm -hmm. first it's not an option right you know to you're you won't be able to care for your child at the level that you really can if you actually take care of yourself but there's so many i mean the amount of beliefs that are attached to the mother to the mother label to that mother energy i mean it's like i feel like every day i'm just like moving through and transcending another aspect of it i'm like all right let's just keep doing this we're gonna make this we're gonna make a you know a new conscious Mm -hmm. mother a new different way of mothering that's wonderful Um, yeah that's awesome yeah that's it's super powerful work. It's been whole, it's been like, I feel like I'm like floored and it's just flying in the fast lane. That's, that's, uh, that's a really, um, that, ex- that basically explains how and why the mother aspect is so synonymous with the warrior aspect because you're just, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. <sighs> it's been good though. It's challenging, challenging as hell, but it's been good. It's been a, it's been a blessing and it's helped me as a human being and as a spirit, just as a soul in my own evolution, like beyond. I think the only thing that remotely compares is my soul purpose. Like they're kind of motherhood expansion and like my soul purpose and that whole awakening and that whole experience that I'm still experiencing every day, just like the motherhood every day, those two have probably expanded me the most of anything. And she's not here yet. So she might, <laughs> yeah. she, the mother might, might come take over, <laughs> might overpower that. We'll see. <laughs> well, we really super appreciate you taking time out of your pregnancy <laughs> to come yeah. and spend some time with us. <laughs> Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. Oh, it's thank so you so much for yeah for being here. Yeah, for sure. And don't forget, you are so supported. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. We're all laughing because I that's love hers. that that happened. <laughs> I literally love that that happened so much. Like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again, Brittany, and we'll have another conversation after after baby comes, maybe. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Sounds good. <laughs>
Thank you Thank guys. You. So much right. love. I appreciate right. it. Bye. 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 So this week I pulled from the Priestess of Light Oracle deck. It's absolutely beautiful. It's by Sandra Ann Taylor and Kimberly Weber. And I pulled the wisdom card. Wisdom is learning, joy, art, music. It's a really beautiful card. It has the goddess Sarasvati on the front. She's holding a sitar and her other hands are out in joy or dancing. So this is what the card says. Uh, the goddess Sarasvati holds a musical instrument in two hands and extends her other arms outward in joy. She stands at the door to the temple, encouraging you to enter a new period of learning and exploration. This card heralds a time of deepening wisdom for you. It may be gained through personal investigation or through school or other formal courses of study. Don't dismiss this potential for learning. There is profound gratification that comes from this pursuit, whatever the subject may be. It is possible that your path of study will relate to some form of art or music. If you have an interest in these or other creative endeavors, now would be the time to dive right in. Take a class, go to a museum, or surround yourself with the music and art forms that bring you joy. The swan represents the connection between the mind and heart. I'm sorry, there's also a pair of swans at the bottom of the, of the card. <laughs> so that's, that's where that comes in. <laughs> the swan represents the connection between the mind and heart. And as you open your mind to greater understanding and to joyous new experiences, your heart will glow with inner satisfaction. In addition, your life force will sing with beauty, grace, and irresistible attraction. The affirmation for this card is, I always choose to learn and grow. The music and art of life inspires me. That's actually surprisingly accurate. I was just thinking about how when this episode airs, which will be... Um, <sighs> When's that going to be? I can't remember. Monday the 18th? is it? No, 18th. The 18th. Um, but right now, we're just getting past, uh, well, actually today, when we're recording this second segment, is the full moon in Aquarius. And mm -hmm. one of the things that is all about those influences and encouraged is to try new things, especially creative endeavors. Yep. And that is absolutely appropriate. I love that was a good card. So you have a spell for us? I do. And okay, so after working this out, I feel like we need to call it a ritual. It's a <laughs> it's a ritual. It's um it turned out to be quite a bit, but I I'm I'm happy with it. I hope you guys will be happy with it. So this spell actually came to me while we were taking Brittany's workshop back uh, at the Anahata's mini retreat at the end of April. And the idea kind of like the light bulb kind of turned on in the middle of the workshop. And then I did, you know, pretty much nothing with it, but I kept the idea in mm -hmm. the back of my mind. And then when we got closer to the air date for our interview, I was like, I want to do that. I need, I need to work it out in my mind. I need to make it make sense and I need to share it. So um, I took the time to do that and it has turned into kind of a, kind of a large ritual, but for the sake of what, it entails what the whole purpose of the ritual is. I think that it needs to be something that you really think through and it's a process. So this mm -hmm. act, this ritual is to make an offering to, to connect and to commune with your spirit guides. 
So judging from that alone, you could see why I think this is something that you should definitely take your time with. Yeah. So here goes. I'm excited. (laughs) So I just want to go over the team of eight again. Brittany covered this really well in the interview, but I'm just going to quickly go over each member for the sake of explaining the ritual as clearly as possible. And I'm using my notes from the workshop. So this is also from her. So you have your team of eight spirit guides. They are made up of three teams and your master teacher. So the first team is the protection team, and they have two members. They are the physical warrior in charge of your physical protection and healing and the etheric gatekeeper or spiritual protector. This one is in charge of, you know, what goes in and what goes out. A Bruce, if you will. Mm -hmm. So then we have the medical team. That is your healer of the physical body and the alchemist, who is the energetic healer or spirit healer. Then you have the inspiration team, which has three members. In this team, you have your doctor of philosophy. This guide makes sure that you complete your various soul contracts in this lifetime. Then your inspiration guide, which is self-explanatory, but they also keep divine order in your life and keep things moving along. And your joy guide, also self-explanatory, but they also help align the human self and the soul self. They oversee necessary star alignments, synchronicities, their energy directors. Then we come to the master teacher. That is basically the head honcho, if you will, uh, often referred to as the violet flame. It is said to call upon the violet flame to ask the master teacher to assist you. So keeping in mind that you are your spirit guide's special project and they are always with you, why not try to get to know them or see if they might want to share any messages with you? So this is the ritual that I worked up for this. I'm going to go over the items that I used for this ritual and why. I'm not going to just list them and move on. So um, I'm going to take my time and explain the reason for each item that I used. And then you can follow along with me and use the same items or use this whole ritual as a jumping off point to customize it to suit you a bit more closely. That's the beauty and the creative energy of magic. Okay, so the items that you will need for this ritual. Eight chime candles in red, black, light blue, dark blue, brown, yellow, orange, and purple, or violet. An anointing oil. Uh, The oil that I used is something that I refer to in my own Book of Shadows as third eye oil. It helps to unlock and intensify psychic energy, manifest dreams, experience visions, and release imagination. I'll go over the recipe I use so you can make it or some variation on your own. Uh, Something to inscribe your candles with. You know, some people just use a pin. Other people have like a fancy tool uh, or a knife, anything that works. Uh, An incense offering. I used sandalwood cone incense, but anything that you like, you feel comfortable with or works well with the intention of spirit contact, it will do just fine. Your incense burner, of course. A letter that you have written to your guides. You can address this letter to your entire team or write sections um, that are addressed to each member individually if you have different topics you want to address with each of them, you will write the letter and fold it four times towards yourself. That's the number of teams plus the master teacher. You will need your cauldron or a fire slash heat safe container. And optionally, you can come up with any offering that you'd like, any additional offering besides the candles and and incense. Um, I decided to offer a blue jay feather that my husband found on our property and gave to me. Um, These have been popping up pretty recently kind of out of the blue, no pun intended. And I think it makes an appropriate offering because it is representative of air energy and all the communication aspects of that. Uh, 
And finally, your journal or book of shadows so that you can record your experience. All right, so I'm going to go back to the top of the list and explain why these items are here. So uh, listeners, if you need the extra information, can understand the color magic correspondences, herbal magic correspondences, and everything in between. For the color correspondences of the candles I chose, I want you to keep in mind that rather than use these colors to gain or attain these influences or properties for ourselves, we are simply matching the energy of each of the guides instead. So I chose red for the physical warrior on the protection team. And the reason why I chose red is because it is its associations are passion, energy, love, lust, relationships, sex, vitality, courage, the fire element, willpower, defense, battle, anger, and God energy. For the etheric gatekeeper, I chose black. Um, he's the spiritual protector. So remember, with black, you have protection, absorption and destruction of negative energy, repelling negative energy from others, curse removal, counter curses, death energy, endings, dark moon rituals, uh, and banishing. For the physical healer, I went with light blue. Uh, so for blue color correspondences, I have help with meditation, healing, forgiveness, fidelity, opening lines of communication, calming, cleansing, truth-seeking, the water element, and peace. For the alchemist, I went with the dark blue candle. You could go with standard blue here if you have light blue for the other one. Because for dark blue, the correspondences are awareness and spirit ancestor connections, discipline, fear, honesty, karma, marriage, inner peace, guests, rebirth slash renewal, self-work, the senses, and truth. And for fear, it's for working through fear. Um, some of you may choose to switch these colors because I did actually go back and forth on that. Or even you might decide to use uh, the same sh shade of blue for both or maybe throw in green. Do what feels right for you. So for the brown candle, that goes to the doctor of philosophy, the one in charge of the soul contracts. Uh, the reason why I chose brown is because the energies for that are balance, stability, grounding, nurturing, earth magic, animal magic, home magic, agriculture, travel, longevity, beginnings, rebirth and renewal, common sense, decisiveness, grounding, and centering meditations. For the inspiration guide, I went with the yellow candle because the associations for yellow are realizing and manifesting thoughts, improving confidence, bringing plans into action, mental clarity, clairvoyance, and the air element. For the joy guide, I went with the orange candle because orange associations are joy, improves energy, education, strength, attraction, stimulation, vitality, sun rituals, and happiness. And finally, for the master teacher, that's the purple candle or violet because of the association with the violet flame. Okay, so the anointing oil that I used... Now you can just go buy a good anointing oil from a source that you trust, or you can make a variation of this depending on the ingredients that you have readily available to you. Uh, or you might decide that one simple oil that feels right to you is, is good enough and that's it. That's totally fine. But here is a loose recipe for my third eye oil. You will need a carrier oil, any will do. I like grapeseed, sunflower, or jojoba. And then to the carrier oil, you will add jasmine oil or dried buds, Jasmine enhances intuition, inspiration, and transformation. Basil oil or dried herb, which harmonizes the mind. Lemon oil or dried peel, which offers mental clarity and focus. 
eucalyptus oil or dried herb, which clarifies and removes blockages, and ginger root for success and achievement. If you want to take the time to make this oil, I recommend you create the oil and then bless it and charge it and then let it sit for sit and steep for a little while uh, before using it. That could be a day, a week, or a moon cycle. You make the rules. Uh, I made mine on a watery Monday, charged it, and let it sit for a moon cycle before using it. So as you can see, this is a ritual, like I said before, but I think it's really worth to I think it's really worth it to take the time you need to make sure it feels right before diving in. Okay. So you want to start off by writing your letter, make an introduction, express gratitude for various areas of your life, ask the deep burning question that you may have, uh, or ask for guidance in certain areas, and simply extend an invitation for communication. When you're done with that, fold it four times, that is the number of teams plus the master teacher, towards yourself, and then set it on your altar while you prepare the rest of the items. Now you will inscribe each candle with a symbol or word that helps you even further represent each member of your team. Here you can get creative and do your own thing, but this is what I used. So for the physical warrior, the red candle, I inscribed it with a pentagram, which is the five-pointed star without the circle around it. For the etheric gatekeeper, the black candle, I inscribed a pentacle, which is the five-pointed star with the circle around it. The reason for this is I see them both as extremely protective symbols, um, and I don't think I need to get into their actual meanings with this audience, um, but they give off a slightly different energy with or without the circle. Without it, it's more outgoing, aware, prepared for conflict, and active. When the circle is placed around it, it becomes more controlled and implies spiritual containment, much like the magic circle you might cast in your practice. So it's a bit more passive um, than the bear pentagram. So for the physical healer, the light blue candle, I decided on an earth symbol, which is the downward pointed triangle with a line through it. And for the alchemist, the spiritual healer, I uh, that's the dark blue candle, I went with the water symbol, which is the downward facing triangle without the line through it. These were both also reminiscent of the abracadabra charm, which forms into a downward facing triangle also and can be used as a powerful healer. You could also use something like the... Um, Asclepius wand, uh, which is like the wand with the snake, whatever makes sense to you. These are your guides for the doctor of philosophy. Remember that's the soul contract guide. I inscribed the brown candle with a little scroll for the inspiration guide, the yellow candle. I used an air symbol, which is the upward facing triangle with a line through it. Um, that is representative of all the energies of inspiration and fresh insight that air brings. I also thought about using a little scrawling of a wind knot, which carries the same energies. It's just a rope with three knots in it. For the joy guide, the orange candle, I used the blessings symbol, which looks like an upward facing crescent moon with three teardrops underneath it. And finally, for the master teacher, I used an eight pointed star and a flame. The eight pointed star is seen by some as the symbol of life, fertility, and the warding off of evil spirits, but it is also used as a representation of a compass giving direction and guidance in both the corporeal and spirit worlds. Also, there are eight members here, so I thought it was very appropriate for that reason as well. Underneath it, the flame ties into the master teacher being referred to as the violet flame. You don't have to use these. I just thought it would be helpful to explain why I use them. So moving along, we are ready to start the ritual. Finally. Okay. So... You might not typically cast a circle for your workings, but I'm going to recommend that you do it for this one. 
It helps remove possible interference, and I find that people are much more receptive when they are supported by the comfort of spiritual protection. Kind of like enjoying a good movie at nighttime when you know the house is locked up. At least that's how I function. You know, doors are locked, okay? So you're going to cast a circle however you prefer to do that. Then place your inscribed candles, your letter, and your incense on your altar, along with your anointing oil and your journal and pen and any other offering you decide on if you do. Then get comfortable in front of your altar because you're going to spend some time here. Begin by lighting your incense and doing a quick smoke cleansing of yourself with it. Set it down and let it smolder. Anoint yourself with the oil. Some people like to anoint their chakras. I anoint my forehead, lips, then my chest slash heart and hands for thoughts, speech, feeling, and actions. And then anoint your inscribed candles with the same oil. You are essentially trying to create a space where you have attempted to match your energy with those of the guides to facilitate communication in the clearest way possible. It's kind of like when you have a close conversation and you uh, mutually match the energy of the person you're speaking with, and it becomes a more comfortable and safe feeling space. When you're finished anointing your candles, go ahead and light them. Focus on your intention of reaching out and communicating and say this or any variation of the incantation I created. To my spirit guides, my team of eight, I extend an invitation to conversate. In my circle here, in this sacred space, your divine guidance I do embrace. For my highest good and harming none, I ask for communication from all or one. My offerings here of smoke and flame carry my respect, for this is my aim. To my spirit guides, my team of eight, I greet you with gratitude, and here I will wait. For a single word, a sentence or rhyme, a symbol or picture, now is the time. From my spirit guides, my team of eight, I ask for a message, and here I will wait so mote it be. When you finish the incantation, light the letter using the master teacher candle and drop it into your cauldron to let it burn. This carries your words into the astral where it can more easily be received. Now you will sit quietly and wait. This could be the hard part because meditation isn't the simplest thing for all of us. You know, I struggle as well, but this is important. Uh, You can meditate on clearing your mental chatter and inviting messages or images from your guides and just simply sit and listen. Some of you may prefer to do some divination here to help you receive messages. You can use cards, runes, a pendulum. Um, Some of you might even prefer automatic writing. Whatever you feel compelled to do during this time is encouraged. The point is to open yourself up to communication however it will be most effective. It's not to force yourself to do something that you're uncertain you're capable of doing. Remember to record your experience and any messages or images you receive in your journal or book of shadows and open the circle back up when you've finished. And that is all. That is well written. Thank you. I loved it. I hope that people try it and let us know how things went. I'm like ready to do it right now. Let's do it. Yeah, I loved the the rhyming. I love a good rhyme. Yeah, I'm a rhymey bitch. I love rhymes also. <laughs> you are a rhymey bitch. <laughs> yeah, great, great job. I love it. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, so I guess we'll wrap this up. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually, um, I love that we decided to release Brittany's interview now because it's a really great lead up to Anahata's purpose, which now is less than 30 days away. Is it 28 days? Oh my gosh. 20 
something. I can't remember. I don't know. It's It's like panic inducing. It's so close. Panic inducing. (laughs) You you go. It's so close. (laughs) Yeah. I'm very excited. And um, I am, yeah, I cannot wait. But also, I'm stressed about it. Why? Just because the the games are the weekend before right 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 and you know as uh true to form um it is now less than a month and i have done almost zero (laughs) to prepare to the game for the games uh so i i'm now in panic mode which is actually how that's my process Mm. you know um last minute panic usually creates the best uh product from me Otherwise, it's just like I laze about it. So I, on the other hand, have been making lists, have a section of my house basically just used specifically for things I have been collecting that I don't want to forget. I've been making more lists. I'm already I already know exactly what I'm going to wear every day, depending upon, you know, the weather turning out the way I think it will. And yeah, that's how I function. (laughs) Well, I am I'm definitely more prepared for Anahatas than I am for the giant event mm-hmm. <laughs> that I throw the week before. <laughs> well, maybe you will have a wonderful experience and it will reinvigorate your passion for the games. It's it's I mean, it's possible. Anything well, is possible. <laughs> or you'll just feel done, but when you when you are done, then you have Anahatas. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'm very excited about that. Um, well, cool. Yeah, Brittany is going to be at Anahatas this year, right? Yeah. So um, just to, uh, I don't know, ugh, alleviate any confusion, we had uh, we did the interview with Brittany a little while ago, and we are now going to release the interview um, this coming Monday. So since we've done the interview, everything has basically worked out in her favor the way she was saying, you know, she'd hoped that everything would work out and she would be at Anahata's and and that's fantastic. I'm super excited for her. Yeah. And she has a beautiful baby to boot. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. Well, let's wrap this one up and um, do we need to say we'll see you next time? I don't remember how we edit the last. Who knows? All right, let's get the hell out of (laughs) here. Bye-bye-bye. <laughs> you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at The Hearth and Hedge, on our website, thehearthandhedge.com, or email us at thehearthandhedge at gmail.com. Our address is The Hearth and Hedge, P.O. Box 397, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, 08003. We also have a Patreon, which you can find at patreon.com slash thehearthandhedge. If you like what you hear, consider leaving us a review wherever you find your podcasts. That's the beauty and creativity of the energy of magic. Um, nope, I didn't say that right. That's the beauty and creativity. Blah, 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 blah. blah. <laughs>